Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, November 14th, 2022. Today on the Ether, episode 6 of the Bare Bones of Web 3. This is about the last, or well, the first 45 minutes of it, and then the space rugged, and then that was it. Uh, let's take a listen. Good morning. The date is November 14th, 2022. Welcome to Bare Bones in Web 3. This is episode 6 with your host, Saberstein, EJ the founder, and B Bands. This is your weekly dose of Web3 news, opinions, market analysis, and updates. This show is sponsored by Space Skellies, and Skellies is currently 87% minted, if I'm correct. <laughs> Please see the link below for more information. This show is for entertainment and information purposes only. Don't be silly. This is not financial advice. Information and entertainment only. None of the topics um, discussed should be taken as such. If you're interested, in these topics, please do your own research. This week on Bare Bones, we'll be, we have a special guest, Straylight from Department 77. This is an NFT and sci-fi strategy game on Polygon, Terra, and Secret. Um, he'll be discussing about the droid, NFTs, gameplay, and understanding his in-game currency. In today's news, um, in this week's news, <laughs> Circle made a statement that they were not affected by the FTX woes. They said 80% of their U.S. Treasury is, um, the 80% of their money is in the U.S. Treasury. They also stated that FTX was actually their customer. And um, I just wanted to share this because a lot of us are in the Cosmos ecosystem, and it's a little reassuring, especially since Circle is working with Axelar um, for the USD stablecoins cross-chain applications. So the owner of Twitter, Lord Elon, apparently he doesn't want to meet his workers in the middle. In a Being Crypto article, it said that Postal Vignard from the London School of Economics that uh, reported that studies show people who get to be with their families are more happier. Here's my take. Um, so much of culture has taken parents away from children by sending them to an office to work. I think the reason that people are happier is because the home they created is a place they choose to be. When you go to work um, to an office place, you didn't choose to be there. You have to be there. And I hope he chooses to meet families in the middle. I know a lot of people will benefit from this, but there's also a few other sides to look at it. Um, I kind of wanted to just touch on the subject. Um, would you guys like to share your thoughts or opinions on what Elon is trying to do by forcing people to come back to the office? Yeah, I mean, as a business owner, um, it all depends on what, what work you're in. You know, If you can do it from home, that's one thing. Um, but getting people to show up and be accountable is another, and that's where Elon's at. A lot of their work is hands-on, uh, not all of it, not all the sectors. But I, I believe a lot of people in the workforce have become extremely lazy, um, and they don't want to put in the work. They don't want to put in 60 to 70 hours a week. 
Um, but they just want, but then they expect to be retired by 40 to 50. Uh, you know, they do what everybody does. They go 40 hours a week. They want to just lollygag around and then they work till they're 70 or 80. And they'd rather, you know, we need to help people and teach them, you know, if you put in the work when you're 20 to 40, put in 60 hours a week, you're going to be retired by the time you're, you're 40 to 45. Um, but it's all comes down. Like we do trades work, like, you know, hands-on construction. That's, that's completely different. Um, so if there's the ability to work from home and be around your family and kids, I think, why not? Like if people are more productive that way, that's completely different. Now, if you bring them to work, a lot of people look at it incorrectly. Like you don't have to go to work. You don't have to do anything. You get to go to work. You get to wake up. You get to breathe air every day. You get to eat. You don't have to do anything. Um, so when people say I have to go to work, no, you don't, you get to go to work. Um, so it's really like the perspective of, of who is in your environment. Um, and it's, it's all about like lead by example. So it's another thing. If people are coming to work at Twitter and it's toxic or at, uh, Tesla, wherever, like that's, that's different. If it's toxic, then yeah, you don't want people there. That's a bad idea. Uh, but if people come back to the office and it's an enjoyable environment where they can bounce ideas back and forth off one another, and they don't have to wait on emails, they don't have to wait on text. It's just right there. You get a lot more done productivity wise in person. That's just statistics. Um, so it all depends. Everyone's different. Um, from my perspective, it like I said, we're more hands-on. So I'm not I'm not in Elon's world. Um, but that is why I would say his difference is that a lot of his workers could do stuff from home, but there are a lot of engineers and everything that have to be done on site. Like they need to be at work. They need to be putting in 40 plus hours a week to make the job to be where it is. And you you joined the company and you signed up for that. If you don't like it, there's a hundred other jobs. So uh, that's where I kind of get rubbed sideways. If you don't like what your boss is doing, just go get a different job. But like, yeah, that's my input on that. And like I said, that's, that's, I'm, you know, that's just from my input. So don't take that incorrectly. If you're someone that works from home and, and you have best of both worlds and kudos to you, like that's the perfect world. But uh, if you're someone and there are people that know they've been kind of getting it handed to them because they got to work from home, um yeah those are the people we're trying to get back in the office to like to kind of kick them in the butt and keep get them going a little better i mean for me it's um it's all about output right so wherever you work the best is wherever you should work so if you get um more stuff done if you're at home uh then you should be at home um but i also i'd also say that like in planning stages and um meetings and stuff um like video conference stuff just sucks. You, uh, there's there's like a priceless um, aspect to like being in person and when planning and discussing things. And then when you're doing the grunt work, so like if you're discussing how to, what feature to build, um, I think that benefits more from being in person. Uh, you just get more body language and you, you don't have like delays on the video and no technical problems. It's just, pure communication uh, but then when it's time to actually sit down and design or code or whatever you're doing um, then um, I'd find I find that kind of the majority of people it might not be a massive majority but but a majority of people would probably prefer doing that um, at home because they're just sitting with head, with headphones anyway um, 
and it's just like you have to kind of get in the zone and that's probably easier um at home but to each to each their own i know saber had a, a different view <laughs> you did definitely say that the kids are run. you might, do you want to share that real quick <laughs> yeah no um uh everybody else already um had amazing points uh the only point that i was going to bring up was that um i know a lot of parents or oh, during covid when they had to work from home their kids had to be home as well especially if you don't have kids that are um in school and you know you don't have any day home or daycare um that they that were available at the time it was a lot harder now that you know daycares day homes are back in session and kids are back in school um i wonder if some parents would want to you know have the ability to work from home sometimes actually get to like be in their home when their kids aren't there making a mess or asking for snacks or any of those types of things they might actually you know um get more done so that would be kind of interesting actually is not even just wanting to be home to be around your kids but wanting to be home where your home is you know is your own and you can have your own your own space and enjoy it as you as you wanted it as for like elon musk as well i'd say uh it's probably like him his own uh work ethics spilling over into others so like i'm sure he loves working 80 hours a week um and it feels like maybe he doesn't understand that everyone can't do that um like it's it's way easier for some people to do that um i can do that but because i obsess um kind of i have my low cities i obsess about things i can sit and just work 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 16 hours a day uh but you also have to kind of recognize that not everyone can do that and not everyone has um uh the output like you wouldn't increase output to put more hours in for some people um so it's it is a bit weird to have like a blanket rule that everyone has to be in the office for um whatever x amount of time um i think it would be better to have some kind of hybrid thing where you go in like two days a week or something and then um three days a week at home or whatever configuration you need if he wants people in the office um you know five days a week um doesn't have to be like the the absolute rule but it's his company he can do what he wants yep the be- the beauty of capitalism like he's he's <laughs> he's footing the bill you know so um in stark contrast to OpenSea giving uh, sweet tools uh, for creators to be able to enforce royalties on their collection, we had discussed this last week, um, Animoca Brands has gone the route of attempting to create a legal framework, um, which they created this NFT license. Um, it is essentially to protect NFT creators from marketplaces not enforcing royalties. So essentially the creators can go in the back and remove art licenses and other utilities from the NFT that that was sold without royalties. Now, Yatsu, um, he's leading the charge on this. He's a chairman of Animoca Brands. He said, he said um, in a tweet, each sale with unpaid royalties will accrue a liability that can be legally enforced. Now, um, I haven't, I, I do have a copy of it. I might link it to the bottom um, while we're discussing, but, uh, they created this like legal document looking thing. They put a disclaimer on the bottom, but in there, they're just kind of trying to protect the creator. And um, he said something in a different tweet that kind of like kind of hit home and made me think about this zero royalties, um, optional zero royalties. 
and um, how OpenSea was trying to wash their hands and saying this is the creator's responsibility, not OpenSea's, to enforce royalties. Um, he says in a tweet, a recent analysis by Proof XYZ shows that last year over 1.5 billion was paid in creator royalties, but since the introduction of optional zero royalties, up to 70 ETH of royalties per day is being denied to creators. And he says this is a this is worth protecting. Um, I kind of wanted to hear what you guys thought about this. Um, the document is obviously you know it can't you know they're essentially saying can't be really held up in in court, but. I think it's interesting that they're trying to provide people with this. They have their own blockchain um, projects going on as well. What do you guys think? All right. Um, can you guys talk or can you hear me? Yeah, sorry, we can hear you. Um, I just had to step away for a moment. Um, so I, I always just find it interesting whenever the law comes in to um, anything with crypto. Just because we still don't know how the law is really going to um, affect our crypto or our NFTs and things like that, um, especially you know in the in the U.S. we don't even have or you guys sorry don't even have regulation. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see like how this unfolds and if there's any further news about it. All right, so um, in our in our last piece of news before we go and chat with Department Seventy Seven, um, we have. 50,676 Bitcoin was seized by the U.S. government. Now, that is a whole lot of Bitcoin. Saberstein brought the story to me. I had missed it with everything going on. Um, what I find most interesting is that um, this was because um, James Zong, he's the guy that uh, they seized the um, Bitcoin from, but he was stealing the Bitcoin from the Silk Road marketplace, which in itself was an illegal entity. I mean, I guess there's no honor amongst thieves, but um, Saberstein and I were chatting and we're, she was asking, what are they going to do with all this Bitcoin? And when this crime was committed, it was 10 years ago, yet now they're catching up. So now they have 50,676 Bitcoin. This is like the biggest seizure. At one point, um, this Bitcoin was worth $3.3 billion. What do you guys think about the government seizing money? from somebody who was stealing money, who already had an illegal, um, was already running an illegal operation. Sounds like the U.S. government to a T. <laughs> yep. I, I do uh, want to just quickly There's no note. other way to put it. Like, they're like, here, you did the crime. We get the reward. All right, here we go. Like, I don't even know what to make of it at the moment, so I have no input, but it just doesn't surprise me. That's all I can say. I just uh, want to note, too, that... Um, the seizure it did happen last year. Um, however, Zong did just plead guilty on November fourth, so the case is now closed. Um, but for me, like I've over 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 like the last like year and a bit of being in crypto, you kind of end up you hear things and you read things everywhere, and I've kind of realized that pretty sure the government is probably the largest holder of Bitcoin with all the seizures they've done. Um, you know, since Bitcoin began. Um, you know, I don't think just the 50,676 Bitcoin is all that they have. Um, so that's kind of like a tinfoil hat thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, story after story comes out and you, know, you got to wonder, what are they doing with all this Bitcoin? 
Um, probably similar to what they're doing in the war on drugs, recirculating it and then going out and busting people for it. That's the loop we do. Exactly. To it, that's so perfect. That's so true. I mean, they can't do anything. I mean, I would consider that Bitcoin lost because they can't sell it. Uh, and even if they do sell it, like what's $3 billion to the government? It's basically nothing, right? Yeah. I mean, I would assume they're using it also find ways like like you just said was, uh, um, you know, ways to find other people, you know, other ways to find more people that are doing illegal things. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the U.S. government is the U.S. government. And no matter what we do or say, they're just going to continue to do them. So we'll see what happens. I think the next six months, uh, I think a lot of laws are going to start going into play. Um, there are a lot of countries have started to change laws as well. I think the U.S. is going to be right behind them. Um, so hopefully we can get some guidance as well. They should pay um, uh, senators in Bitcoin and start doing that so that they can use it. And then uh, all the senators will be on board with Bitcoin and then uh, problem solved. Have you tried to teach a senior citizen how to use a cell phone, yet alone how to use blockchain? Like... I have. They would never, <laughs> they would never be able to handle it, fam. Like, you can't pay them. And well, I mean, maybe you could. Then they would retire. But like, eighty-year-olds and Bitcoin don't fare well together. All right. So, um, if anybody else doesn't have anything else to say, I want to go on to our next segment, which um, Saberstein will be bringing us the crypto uh, market analysis. And um, she has posted her Bitcoin daily chart to the top nest. And then after that, we'll go with EJ and he'll be doing the legacy update. Uh, so good morning, everyone. Uh, quite an eventful week we've had on the market. So Bitcoin broke the daily uptrend on Tuesday as the FTX news escalated further, causing sellers to push the price to the recent low of 15600 on Wednesday. The last time we saw price trading in this area was in November of 2020. So buyer, buyers pushed the price up to 18200 the following day, but rejected previous supports and now turned resistance and has been slowly selling off since. Uh, if we don't find any buyers at the previous low of 15600 the next support I have is in the $14,000 area. Zooming out further, I still have a monthly demand area between $12,000 and $10,000 to be tested. And that, to me, that would be a great area, <clears throat> pardon me, to see some sideways accumulation in. <clears throat> Pardon me, I'm still a little bit sick. Um, so the weekly candle closed bearish with a wide body and a very small lower wick with the highest volume candle we've seen yet. So roughly 90% of that candle was showing selling pressure. Um, at this time, I don't see a bullish case to be made for Bitcoin yet. Since the news of FTX's insolvency came out, Twitter has blown up looking into other centralized exchanges and their reserves. I'm going to remind everyone again not to leave your crypto on exchanges, as if you do not hold it off the exchange in a wallet, then it's not yours. After Terra crashed, it took about a month before 3AC crashed as well. So this may be just the beginning. Um, FTX was one of the largest centralized exchanges, so I expect more to come out. Not trying to put out FUD or anything there, just trying to make sure everybody's aware. Um, you know, history does somewhat repeat itself. And so FTX... Um, falling could just be the first. So just to keep keep your eyes and ears open, basically. Um, if we do not, if we do go back up to test resistance again around that seventeen thousand six hundred area, it's more likely we're sweeping liquidity for a move lower. 
towards the $14,000 area than putting in a bottom. I see we did touch and reject 17,200 overnight. So Bitcoin put in a lower high on the lower time frame. So we wanna watch closely to see how the daily candle closes from here. Currently looking like a doji, so indecision, but we still have many hours until it's fully closed. Uh, last night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, KuCoin suspended the trading of FTT on perpetuals due to insufficient liquidity. So you're not able to go and, you know, 20x FTX. Uh, you can still trade spot FTT, and it was trading around the $1.50 area, down from $26.40 just one week ago. Uh, Binance had previously said that they had closed FTT deposits. But then last night, as of 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, they reopened FTT deposits. Uh, CRO, the exchange token of Crypto.com, has been the next to sell off, trading just below $0.06 cents from nearly $0.10 cents a few days ago, as the CEO confirms a transfer of roughly $400 million went to an incorrect address to a corporate account at gate.io uh, instead of a cold wallet like it should have. Um, I'm not going to touch too much on it just because there's, you know, Twitter. Twitter has spaces open every single day where people are just talking about these types of things. Um, tons of tweets out there as well. And I definitely strongly suggest that everybody does their own research on it. Um, just some interesting notes. Glassnode shared a tweet last night with statistics showing holders are withdrawing their Bitcoin from exchanges at a historic rate of 106,000 Bitcoin per month. Um, that has only happened from earlier. There's only a few times that that has actually happened. So earlier uh, summer of 2022 and then several times in 2020. Um, so a large amount of stable coins are also flowing into exchanges with an increase in uh, BUSD as Binance sees an increase amidst centralized exchange fears. This increase, uh, sorry, this increases the stable coin buying power on exchanges to about $4 billion per month. And with many people de-risking and moving into stable coins, the majority of all coins have been slowly selling off with Adam trading this morning at around 1020 and Matic is back down to 91 cents. And of course, the low on Adam was uh, about $9.40. And Matic was about $0.76. Cents. So even though we had some really nice runs uh, recently, a lot of these altcoins are now selling back down. So it goes with the whole stairs up and elevator down scenario. And next, uh, hopefully... EJ can give you some more positive news uh, in the traditional markets. Sorry, my news was just kind of, you know, a downer news, but uh, next to you, EJ. Hey, thank you for the updates. I mean, as we all saw it, we were bleeding all week. Um, currently, you know, I do want to add that stars is down and thankfully um, space skellies moved our stars into USDC around 0.050, right when the funds got settled into our wallet before the craziness happened. So all funds have been safely secured into USDC, so we didn't hit another Terra episode. Um, just so you guys know, um, we have been protecting those and taking care of them. Um, now moving on into the real world of the New York Stock Exchange. Last week was pretty crazy towards the end of the week. Um, but of course, like the, the biggest news was the FTX situation. Um, and FTX was almost bought out by Binance, as you all know, and then that led to a lot of turmoil in the market. And actually the New York, you know, like the standard stocks were not too affected by anything. Um, I thought maybe they would be, but 
they they really weren't. We closed the week last week. The S and P five hundred was up five point nine percent. The Nasdaq was up. Uh, Nasdaq was up eight point eight percent, and then the Dow Jones was up four four point one. The Russell two thousand was up four point six. So the overall market definitely was doing very well. Um, and then earnings recap: we have Disney coming up this week, um, and then we have Beyond Me as well. Um, those should stay right within their. It should stay right within the revenue that's expected. But Disney does have plans to cut marketing and budget, so that is very concerning because Disney is the front runner on so many levels. They're much more than just theme parks and a brand. Um, if you've ever been to a Disney resort, they are everything. I mean, it's it's absolutely unreal. Um, and then the going into this week like what is coming up well monday we today we have um, the energy traders will be watching the opec monthly oil report so we will see the consumption of oil and barrels and how that's all been playing into effect um then going into tuesday we have mr donald trump coming out of the out of nowhere he's going to be probably mixing things up um he's scheduled to make an announcement for the uh, digital world acquisition corp uh, so we'll see to what he's going to talk about on the SPAC stock. Uh, so that'll be in the, that's kind of like an all day thing. Um, then at 7.30 in the morning on Tuesday, um, we have the October producer price index that will be closely watched um, after the CPI from last week. So the CPI last week, if you don't know what CPI means, it means consumer price index. And that is what measures inflation as well. Um, the reason Thursday and Friday had a run up is because inflation levels were reported actually 0.2% less, only 0.2% less, which led to a huge run up on Thursday and Friday. Um, so that is kind of a recap we're going into. And then at 9am tomorrow, we have the uh, Philadelphia Federal Reserve Bank uh, to speak on the economic outlook. Uh, banks like to kind of give their input and that can uh, jolt the market a little bit. So maybe tomorrow if things get a little bumpy. Don't be worried. It's going to happen. Um, 8.30, super important on Wednesday, we have the retail sales report for October. This is one of the last reports going into the, the holidays. So keep in mind, you need to try to, if you're in the standard market, something to really pay attention to, Wednesday, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the retail sales report for October. Um, that's all I had down because that's the most important thing of the whole day. Uh, Thursday, we have, and then we have the Minneapolis Federal Reserve Bank will be speaking as well on the economic outlook. Um, so there's a lot of banks speaking this week. And then to end the week, um, well, actually, I just put this in there too. On the end of Thursday, we have Binance CEO to give a talk on tech crunch sessions of crypto. I'm curious as how that's going to go. That's not new, you know, that's not stock related, that's more crypto related, but I did put that down. So Thursday, all day, uh, Binance CEO is to talk at the Tech Crunch sessions for crypto. Um, and then lastly of the week, Friday, 10 a.m., the update on quarter three e-commerce retail sales. So the sales that are online, how much money is being moved in and out of the markets, how much money is circulating. Uh, that will be a very, very good uh, signal of what's to to come into the new year. Lastly, I have on here as an important note, make sure uh, a lot of you probably are down. If you are down at this time of the year, 
you do have a little over 30 days to tax harvest your losses. So what that means is you can sell anything you're down on, and in 30 days, you can go back and buy that same stock or a different stock. You can then use those losses as tax harvest or tax losses against your capital gains. So you may see a sell-off. A lot of big hedge funds will start to sell any positions they're down on in order to tax harvest for their clients. Uh, keep this in mind um, and make sure you are properly handing, handling your taxes going into next year. Uh, those are just notes. I did bring it up to my team last, uh, the beginning of last week. So that is all I have for the standard market. And if you guys have any questions, let me know. And you can find all this information in the market discussion channel in Space Skelly's Discord. And I will pass it back to you, B-Vans. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I would like to introduce our guest, Mr. Straylight from Department 77. Um, hello. How are you? Good, thanks. It's uh, Dr. Straylight or uh, Your Highness Straylight. Oh, please. sorry. Sir, Sir, Your Highness, Doctorate of Excellenceness, I am here to interview you. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, can you uh, introduce yourself and what you do at Department 77? Yeah, sure. So, uh, my official title is uh, Game Director. Uh, but the team is super small, so I wear many, many hats. Um, primarily, I uh, design the NFT art and also design and build the game itself. Um, the other people on the team are developers focused on the blockchain integrations like wallet connections and uh, smart contracts and stuff like that. Um, we used to be like five or six people, but after the uh, Terra crash, we lost all our funds and we've been running a a skeleton crew to extend our runway. But essentially, I build the, the gaming portions of the game, so to speak. And then um, all the blockchain stuff is, is written by the rest of the team. Wow. Um, very. So how, how big is your team right now? Uh, there's three of us uh, at the moment. Uh, or I would call it like 2.5 because we're doing, um, all of us are doing kind of like side contracts and stuff just to get by. Um, but yeah, there's three there's three, three people involved. Okay. Um, so if you had to describe your game to someone new, um, what would you compare your game to or how would you explain you know, explain your game to somebody who doesn't know? <laughs> yeah, so at its core, um it's a browser-based uh sci-fi uh I would call it like a manager sim game. Um so the way it works, you, you kind of run a company in the game that uses Bounty 100 droids uh, and you train them up and then you send them on various Bounty Hunter missions and do other activities with them uh, for loot and rewards. So it's essentially a play and earn um, type thing. Um, I guess the simplest comparison would be uh, like DeFi Kingdoms, but in space. But it's not really a good comparison because DeFi Kingdoms is more of a DEX with some gaming features, whereas we're a game first and foremost. Um, and I'd say like one important aspect to the game is that we've designed, designed it to be like a, a casual iceberg. And what I mean by that is that you can kind of check in once or twice a day. Um, you can, you know, check in in the morning, check in in the evening start some training programs, send hundreds of missions, and then be done with it. 
and you'll do fairly well in the game over time. Uh, but if you go under the surface, there are lots of things to explore. Uh, there's a lot of sort of like hidden features to um, like an extensive lore that explains the backstory uh, through short stories and books you can find in the game and stuff. Um, you can speculate on in-game markets, so you can kind of buy gold on the in-game markets and kind of speculate that way. Uh, you can send droids to landfills to scavenge for parts and so on. Uh, but none of that is required. You could just train your droids and send them on bounty missions and you'll be fine. Um, and kind of the game is in alpha, but it has been live since around April. So all you need is a bounty hunter droid. You can, you can start playing today if you want. Okay, so um, you're saying that you can train up your droid. And, and so essentially metadata is added to your droid. And and then that does it stay with it? I mean, I know you're on uh, three different chains, so I was just curious about that real quick. Yeah, it will. It doesn't at the moment because we're still in alpha. Um, so uh, right now we're trying to keep as much control as possible um, over the game assets and how they're handled, just simply because we want to control the gameplay balance and make sure that everything is kind of tweaked properly before we permanently write things to the blockchain. So currently the metadata on the NFTs aren't updated, uh, but they it will be um, eventually. That's the plan. So all the NFTs will be kind of dynamic and updated as you do stuff in the game. Okay. So um, I was going to ask what the goal of the game is, and but I think you've, you've essentially covered what the goal of the game is. Um, it's just a game of strategy. And, um... Yeah, well, I mean, there are two goals. One is purely mechanical and that's to earn kilo which is in the the in-game currency but i'd say the main goal of the game itself is as in why we exist is to provide uh, entertainment and a way to earn crypto assets while having fun and that will always be the the primary mission okay so the Kilo is currently an in-game asset only. Um, are there any other perks of earning Kilo, you know, when you're completing these missions and uh, training? Yeah, there will be soon. Uh, we're currently working on uh, what we call the custom shop, and that will be the first feature launched that will um, allow players to convert their Kilo into custom-made NFTs that they can then trade as they wish, of course. So currently, when you're earning the Kilo in-game, uh, there's nothing really to spend it on yet, but within a you know a few weeks, you will be able to spend that kilo on um, convert convert it into actual NFTs. Um, so that's going to be the first part of the the kind of earn part of the game. Um, and then once we once the custom shop is live, we're officially moving into the beta stage because then we will have like a full play and earn gameplay loop that has been stressed and balance tested. So it's coming soon. It's been delayed a while because I've been out with three flus in a row that's lasted like six weeks but it's in I, I know what you're talking about i've been sick yeah. this house has been going around around again sick so i totally get it okay so that is super interesting um i just saw somebody pop in but let me just uh get through i got a couple more questions and then we can um yield the floor to anybody who has uh, questions so it said um is there anything else you would like to share about your project and my other thing is, which marketplaces can you purchase the droids on? I have linked um, a Twitch video to the Top Nest, and we've also linked the Department 77 website into the bottom um, comments. So if you guys are curious, 
Um, you can go and look at their dashboard. I do play the game. Um, it is difficult for me, but I'm learning. <laughs> so um, what would you like to share about your game? So uh, we have two features coming up in December that will take us into like a solid beta stage. Like I said, we're in alpha right now. Uh, it is playable. You can play it, but it, we consider it to be an alpha. But in December, we're launching two kind of uh, features and they are ships and it's the custom shop that we just talked about. But the ships is like a massive expansion to the game. Uh, it introduces like personal ships for your bounty hunters, but it also introduces multi-crew ships uh, where people who own these multi-crew ships can employ other people's droids to go on various missions. And that'll make it like an MMO, like um, uh, like a multiplayer online where people co-op with each other and send their droids to certain multi-crew ships. And then these multi-crew ships can go on missions and then everyone on board gets uh, further rewards and loots and stuff. Um, so there's definitely, hold on, there's uh, other worlds that you can go, like when you go on the ship, you can go to a different you know, planet yeah. and then there's other bizarre, there's a different marketplace and other thing going on there, right? Yeah, yeah. So the, we have three locations in the game currently. They are Earth, Mars, and Europa. Um, and with the ships, there's going to be more locations coming, like space stations and, and stuff like that. Um, but that the ships one is like a massive thing because it also brings our first kind of... Um, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's like an... It's like a... It's going to be like a little mini strategy game inside of the game. So currently the game is basically like... Um, you click around and you start training programs and you send people on missions and stuff. But there's no like, you're not, it's not a 3D environment. You're not navigating through stuff. It's, it's more of a strategy management sim type thing. But the ships feature will actually add uh, a game. Um, it's like a 2D kind of strategy board game type thing where you maneuver ships around and you try to kind of um, kill marauder ships. So that's going to be the first feature where it's um, actually more like um, uh, yeah, more like a game. I don't know how to put it, um, but that's going to come along with the ship's expansion as well. So it's like slowly evolving into this kind of massive um, beta stage. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I would like to yield the floor to uh, anybody who has questions. I see V and Wrecked Gang here. If anybody had an EJ or Saber scene, do you guys have any questions? For Department 77, for uh, the Lord uh, Straylight? I do not. I've followed their project for a little bit of some time. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're playing it and I'll pick your brain on it a little bit. I think that's the best way you can learn is by uh, getting, like, you know, submerged in the game and experiencing it. No, I have no questions. Um, B-Bands, you and I discussed your questions last night and I thought they were all so good. But, um, yeah, definitely excited to try this game now that I've learned more about it. I guess I'll ask a simple question. Um, I, I know you guys are building a game, but I, I haven't played it. I've been following since back on Terra. Um, how hard is it to pick up? I, I, I'm actually not playing any crypto games because they're all pretty complicated and they take a lot of time and I'm lazy. So I, I want to try it out because it sounds fun. I like those sim games. And it doesn't seem like, you know, there's too much clicking involved. So could you just like give me, you know, how much time am I looking at to allocate to learn it and then to play on a, I guess, on a daily or weekly basis? 
Yeah, I'd say it depends on um, it depends on your approach to it. So, um, like I said earlier, like the way it's been designed, it's very important to me that we design a game that doesn't uh, take time away from people. So the cadence that I'm aiming for all the time is um, like the perfect cadence, in my opinion, would be to check in like in the morning and then just double like check in in the evening. And we're talking like minutes. And I think for me personally, that cadence should be rewarding. So I'm always trying to design the gameplay features to keep that in mind. Um, but lo- like I also said earlier, the if if you want to spend more time, there's loads of stuff to do. And I think right now, since we're in alpha, the game isn't um, kind enough to new people in that it explains everything. It is quite complicated if you get into the weeds of it. Um, but I think the the basics of the game is basically you, you get one of the NFT. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was episode six of Bare Bones of Web 3, hosted by B-Bands from the Space Skellies. Recorded on Monday, November 14th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Shout out to Tendermint Timmy and the Spark IBC team. You can now donate year-round using your Juno wallet and USDCs. I know it's a CBDC, but that's what we got for now. Not only will that make me smile, but you'll also get spark points, which should make you smile. And smiling's good. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay. Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way. Resuscitating major players in the waiting room. Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools. Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom. Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom. Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news to let us know what we should believe as the latest truth. Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio. Trying to keep it well lit, like filming a movie role. Sorting through support from your endorsements, of course. We're tripping balls, handed reports in The latest proof ain't a way to move Change the view, just a bunch of pack of heads Living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch Dope shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine The latest proof ain't a way to move Change the view, just a bunch of pecker heads Living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two, show me what that thing could do. Two plus two, show me what that thing could do. Two plus two, show me what that thing could do. Two plus two.
Spaces.